Welcome to the Meaningful Marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real life stories. Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Hello, and welcome to Missoni and Marshall, a meaningful marketplace. Morning, everybody. We are here weekly to discuss the journeys of food entrepreneurs. This is Sarah Marshall from Marshall's Hot Sauce, and I'm here. Sarah Missoni, Food Innovation Center. My partner in crime. Mm. So today, we always start off with some food news, and we have some food news submitted by the Portland Farmer's Market. And they wanted us to talk talk about and announce the Farmer's Market Fund, which is a nonprofit with a mission to increase access to healthy, farm-fresh foods. And they just received a $1.5 million state-funded double-up food bucks initiative. So that means that people that um, are part of the SNAP program get double their money at the Farmer's Market. So it's a really cool announcement because it means a lot of money will come back to all of us that are working at the market, the farmers, the artisans, the dairy people, everybody gets extra money straight to them at the market. So that's really awesome. Thanks, Oregon, for keeping money directly in the hands of us producers. And if you have um, any food news, any press releases to announce, you can submit those to startupradionetwork.com and we can help spread the word about your events, new products, awards, anything cool you want us to talk about. So thanks, Portland Farmers Market, for submitting that to us. Today in the studio, we're joined by Tessa. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you. We're Thank you. so glad you're here. Thank you. Honored to be here. Thank you both. Yeah. Yep. Um, so tell us where you're from, Tessa. I am from Klamath Falls, Oregon. Cool. Klamath Falls. That's far away. That is. <laughs> they grow a lot of potatoes there. They do. Is that what grows mm-hmm. in Klamath Falls? There's a lot, lot of potatoes. A lot of potatoes, a lot and of marijuana, and a lot of hemp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of hemp. This year. Yeah. But you don't do those things. What do you do? Tell us about your business. So, my husband and I do farm in Klamath Falls as well. So, we uh, farm 800 acres of hay down there. We also have a cattle ranch down there. And then in Canby, we have a dairy farm and a creamery. And all our milk from the dairy farm goes into our cheese making and our vodka making. Whoa. That's oh, cool. that's why you were talking about vodka. Yeah. You make vodka. Do you have drunk cows then? <laughs> Not yet. Oh, shit. <laughs> Some Maybe may be asking cheese. for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so it's been really exciting. Um, my husband was 12 when he got his first dairy animal as a 4-H project. Whoa. And um, by the time he was a senior in high school, he uh, had so many cows and his, sis- and his siblings had so many cows that they decided to build a dairy. Okay, here's That's a big so question. Cool. How did you meet Todd? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell I, us the story. So the short story is Oregon State University. The long story is uh, community college, and he did not talk to me. Oh. <laughs> I promise you, you. You had to chase him? Well, He's I, pretty shy. He is. And he's then once so you get shy. to know him, he, you can't shut him up. Oh, he's, man. Like, he's a little talker. Just, Good. Yeah. So you... We're in the class together? Or? Yeah. So we had our undergrad was exactly the same degree. And so. Which uh, is? Oh, animal science. Oh, you Pre-vet. Oh. The animals brought you together. Yes. That's so yes. Sweet. <laughs> so, yeah. So we took about every. He's a year older than me. And so he transferred to OSU sooner. But uh, we took every course, essentially every course together. Whoa. And that's I love great. That. I showed that's up to class. He did not. He read my notes oh. and still got better grades. Oh, busted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll tell all the secrets, actually. Thank you for this opportunity. All of We're our getting professors. it all out there. <laughs> They'll back me up. They know Todd wasn't there. Oh, he's here now, though. He is. He's yeah. probably listening. I, I hope he is. <laughs> I hope he gets this firsthand. Yeah. He's a good guy. 
So tell us the name of your creamery. It's TMK Creamery, and TMK is my husband's initials because when he was 12, that's um, we joke that Monster Trucks was always already taken, but he had to come up with a farm name, and so he <laughs> gave his initials. That is such a good kid process. Yeah, like if exactly. you if you ask children what they're going to name like their pet or their business or something, it's always generally like what it is, like it would be cow would be his business yeah. or like the initials of something. Yeah. That's so perfect. I love we're, it. We're grateful it wasn't like Little Todd or something like that. Todd's yeah. Great Farm or something. <laughs> it was just TMK. <laughs> Tell us how to get there cuz people can come to your creamery, right? Yeah, so we do tours 7 days a week. Our public hours are Saturdays 10 to 3. So you don't have to make an appointment on Saturdays, but uh, we're south of Camby on Dryland Road, about three miles south of the town of Camby, off of 99. So you take the I if you're in Portland, you take the I five south, and you take uh, the exit to Aurora. I think. Yeah, right? you could take that one. You could take the Charbonneau exit. Either one. Okay, uh, kind of all roads lead will, to TMK. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you yes and then um, and then you'll just head east a little bit into Camby and go south of town and the road kind of turns and you're sort of going off to the right and there's this beautiful red barn yeah so that yeah there's uh it's a collection of four red barns um the first three were built for the dairy and then just about two and a half years ago we've completed our creamery and so that's the most recent barn but yet they're all in a row exactly um, facing the road perfectly uh, perfectly set as my husband is a builder as well. And so things oh, have to be perfect. It is beautiful. And his father is I a builder. I have been so. there, but I was checking everything out on your Instagram, and I need to go and bring yeah, my family. Big so um, you have these open hours on Saturday, yeah. right? And I also noticed that you have another draw during that time, which is soft serve ice cream yes yes praise the lord we're finally going down the road of ice cream and that's so so, cool yeah and so um yeah right now we do have soft serve uh on saturdays and we do typical cone kind of uh vanilla chocolate and swirl but we are excitingly enough we are partnering with a middle school program called junior scoop who um tmk will be making the ice cream for them and the middle schoolers have opportunity to be either in the finance the marketing design or ice cream making committees and they uh, make come in, we'll make ice cream, and then go and sell their ice cream as fundraisers. You're and, making little entrepreneurs. Oh my gosh, we're so excited! And I then love we're it. we're um, looking. Uh, then it'll turn into a scholarship program for when they go off to trade school or college after high school and so employment cool. during oh, high school wow. if they like. And That's yeah, thoughtful. so we're, we're really excited about that. That's cool. I wanted you to talk a little bit about what it's like. So you invite your shoppers onto your property onto where you're making it and is that that's like running a whole nother business oh sure right? agritourism so, to the max baby <laughs> seven so, days a week <laughs> so, so can you talk because that's a unique situation not everyone does that can you talk a little bit about what that's like for you guys sure sure um you know the, it gets into the reason why Todd and I decided to do this. Um, the, so he's had the dairy for over 22 years, and we've been married almost 18 years of those 22. And it's been um, more lows than highs on trying to have a dairy farm that's only 20 cows. It's just absurd to think that a dairy farm of 20 cows would ever be a moneymaker, a business. And we and it wasn't. I mean, to be completely honest and transparent, it never was a business during that time. We always were doing other things and continue to do so because that's just how Todd and I operate. We are very dynamic and diverse in what we do because there's so much to do, especially in farming, that we're excited about so many different things. But the reason why we w- decided agritourism and to open our farm to the public 24-7 is because it, it's really an opportunity, and this opportunity seems to have gone away and now is coming back for people to know where their food comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the misunderstanding of, especially in the dairy industry, we have noticed of how those cows are managed, how they're treated, how they how they act, their behaviors is almost in a dark side, and we're and not 
there's a bad apple in any industry you get into. You both know that, especially yeah. in the food industry. And so we just said, hey, you know, we're a very small dairy farm. It's very easy for us to open up, allow the consumer to come in and have them decide. You, you know, don't tell people, show them, give them yeah. the opportunity to decide. People are smart enough to figure this out. Is this harmful to the animal? Are they against dairy products? Or are, did they just have a misunderstanding or just simply didn't know? Mm-hmm. And so TMK was like, that's that's the route we're going. So can you pet cows? Oh your- my gosh, yes, they have. Yeah, their names are in their ears, so you actually oh. can call them by name. We we call the cows are called cow celebrities at TMK because uh, we're we believe they're the true heroes of this story. Mm. They're the ones that do all the hard work and give us this phenomenal ingredient milk, mm-hmm. where then we make ice cream and cheese and vodka from. So it's mm. uh, they're the ones doing the work. We just show up. Let's talk about how you got started on the cheese path. So I heard that you spent some, your team spent time at OSU in the oh, creamery. Yeah. yeah. Tell so, us about those days. So those are <laughs> those are interesting days. So Todd's sister, Shauna, is the cheese maker. Uh-huh. And she took our milk down to the pilot uh, plant for, I, I think it was close to two years. where she Two was, years? Yeah. Whoa. So when the pilot plant is awesome because you can bring your own milk, you can make that batch right there, and then, of course, take the cheese back. But you have immediate feedback during the process and with a finished product. And so um, for two years, she went down there figuring out what kind of recipes she wanted to do, get, just getting learning the, the practice on the equipment, um, understanding all the licensing we were going to have to have, all the licensing she was going to have to have. It was just, um, it was a slow and steady process, but so necessary. What did you do with all that cheese she made? <laughs> <laughs> well, Shauna's a perfectionist cheese like Todd. Cereal, so, yeah, she was throwing a lot of it away. She was like, not good enough. Not good enough. Aww. So, so yeah, um, but we, we did get to enjoy it too. And it was just, you know, having that professionalism in that plant down there was just um, priceless. It, it was uh, an opportunity that I think we would have never had if OSU wasn't so close and had mm-hmm. gave us that opportunity. Yeah. How many different types and styles of cheese do you guys do right oh now? Oh, my gosh. I think it's seven, but really it, it just comes down to uh, fresh cheese, cheddar, and goudas. So we do a cheese curd, but we'll do, like, I think we do three different versions of the cheese curd, three different recipes, and then... Um, we do a queso fresco, which is a fresh cheese. We do a fromage blanc, which is a fresh cheese. And then just a gamut of cheddars, smoked cheddars, and gouda and smoked gouda. And I noticed that some of those cheeses are, restaurants are using them, yeah. correct? Can so, you tell us where people can go enjoy the cheese? Yeah, so our, if you like a cheese curd, a potato champion food truck in Southeast, mm-hmm. All TMK cheese curds. Fantastic. So they put them with fries or yes. poutine? Poutine. It's a poutine oh. truck. And he's probably got 12 different uh, varieties on his menu. And it's fantastic. Oh, my gosh. It's How many like, pounds a week are those guys going through? Um, eight, 80 to 100. Mm. But a week, yeah. That's so great. And then um, you also can purchase fresh cheddar curds there as well. Oh. Uh, he, he's packaging them as well. So. What are some of the tricks with curds? Oh do you God. know any tricks? Like I heard what that to do with them? Yeah, like if they're not squeaky, you can microwave them for like thirty seconds, and they'll bring back the squeak. Oh yeah, there. I mean, cheddar curd is like you can melt it and put it on your baked potato. You can crumble it and put it in your salad. You can uh, deep put fry it, it. Deep fry it. Yes, of course. Yeah. We love football <laughs> games and deep fried curds. Is our is TMK's favorite. But um, um, you can do just about anything with it. Yeah. Just, what is a curd? Some people don't know. Yesterday in Corvallis, we had fresh curds from the creamery, and some people were like, what are these? Oh, yeah. They so, don't even understand that it's part of the process of making cheese. Exactly. It's the, exactly right. It's a, a very initial process. Um, all of our cheese comes out as a curd, and then we um, just package those, or we would put them in a mold and press it to yeah. make aged cheddar. To or make aged, the shape that you Exactly. Want. But mm-hmm. all, all the cheese that we're making comes out as a curd first. Yeah. So it's a cooked Yeah, it cooked. Yep, exactly. And can you tell us about I when you said vodka? Yeah, I need to know why. How did you start making vodka? Is it under the same brand? Tell us about it. Yeah, so um, we call it Calcohol, but it is (laughs) 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 because our cows again are the um, the hero of this story. So uh, 
we take the so at the end of cheese making any cheese making process you have whey w h e y so we collect that and we ferment it and distill it and we get vodka you could get gin you could get white whiskey from it you could get we chose vodka um, but yeah. Down the road, we so may be doing more. So you have a barn that has like one of those big, huge copper kettles. <laughs> I in wish. It? Oh my gosh, I wish. No, we uh, con- right now we currently are contracting with a distillery in Salem, oh. Divine Distillery. Yeah. Okay. So, so you you give them the way, and they make it. And then yeah. So we ha- we uh, the. So anybody who's looking to do it, the biggest issue that you have when you start doing this is that uh, whey vodka is very low ratio um, of getting. When you do like a potato or a grain, yeah. very low ratio of alcohol. Well, there's not as much sugar in it. Yeah, exactly. There's a little bit. Exactly. It's all sugar as much content. Yeah. And so the scale-up recipe mm-hmm. is the most difficult mm-hmm. thing. So when you start with, oh, I have like three gallons here of whey, and I, it's easy. But once you do hundreds of gallons at a time, that's when we ran into some problems. But um, we came up with... Um, well, right now we're we're still in in the process of making sure it's the most efficient way. But yeah, we came up with another way of getting um, more of the proteins out first. Yeah, and making a feta out of the way. That's so cool. I um I love to yeah. tell people how to use everything um so that they're not wasting any food or you know they're getting something out of everything. My idea for a way was just to put it in smoothies, but your idea of making <laughs> vodka is so much better. Yeah, think of it as another way of getting your dairy every day. <laughs> That's so good. And and you guys have a event that um, I wanted you to talk about because you're celebrating National Vodka Day. So yeah, tell us about that. yeah. So all of you who probably may not care or don't know, it, National Vodka Day is October 4th, and so we are going to have a, a debut of one of our cows made a single cow vodka, and so we're going to red carpet debut her on that day and uh, have a DJ and have everybody, you know, the public can come out three to five to our creamery and uh, sample our vodka and sample some of our food that we make with our cheese and our vodka. Most likely ice cream will be served and just have a have a good time. I love how much you love your cows. Can we talk <laughs> about a crazy? Can we talk about it again? So you call them cow liberties. Cow liberties, yeah. And do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite cow? Oh, of course I do. Uh, there's only one brown Swiss on the place, and she's mine. And you look into their eyes and say, oh, you look like a Caroline cow. <laughs> like, how do you name them? Um, oh, they're, they're family names. So oh. whatever their mom is named, that first letter is what you name the daughter. And oh. so it goes on down the line. And so Todd has currently... I think four heifers uh, that are from his original heifer when he was 12. So eight Whoa. generations later, Whoa. he's still having the same genetics on the farm. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. That, yeah, you think I'm the, crazy like about cows. Todd's family. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eight generations from when he so was 12. So what is the, the first letter of those cows? I think it's S, S. But, I, but don't, maybe B, but don't quote me on that. Because okay. <laughs> I don't know the, yeah, Todd. Yeah. Can't remember them all. Yeah. So, so, what was your favorite cow? Oh, her name's Holly, and she's a brown Swiss, Holly. and she's um, due any day now. So Ooh. we're gonna have a new. Baby. Is there a picture of Holly on your Instagram? No, but I certainly will you put one. Up? Yes, I, <laughs> I want to see will. Holly right away. Yeah. <laughs> My husband loved that you called them celebrities. He likes puns and things. Yeah. And when I was. He was just like folding laundry while I was looking up questions, and he was like, "They're utterly the stars." <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't really listening to him, and I was like, "Did you just also make a cow pun?" Yeah, yeah. that sounds like <laughs> they're <him>. endless. <laughs> really, they're endless. <laughs> I love that. And now a word from our sponsor. Committed to serving Oregonians with the mission of advancing science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production, Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are inspired by the creativity of new food development. We strive to find new flavors, new economic opportunities, new experiences, and honor diversity. We are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace because good food brings people together. I have a tough question. Yeah, go for so it. So working with family in, a, in any kind of business can be kind of hard. Sure, yeah. What are some of the tricks that you and Todd have come up with that sort of get you through those tough spots where you're trying to make a decision and no one wants to comment and maybe you don't want to hurt someone's feelings? Like, how do you work through that stuff? 
So, excellent question and very fair question because um, I, I don't know if I explained it fully on how it works, but uh, Todd and I are owner operators, and Shauna, his sister, is the cheesemaker, and then his brother, Mark, is the uh, farm manager. So, mm-hmm. he does the day to day on the dairy. Um, because Todd and I split our time between Klamath Falls and Canby. So uh, each, all the three siblings play, you can't have the operation without one of them. Yeah. They are both, all three are pivotal in this whole operation. And so what Todd and I, too, have really tried to work on, and, you know, I wish Shauna and Mark were here because I'd love, I, I would love to hear their response to this, but to make sure they know how valuable they are to the operation. Because yeah. truly, Todd and I, TMK doesn't exist without Shauna. TMK doesn't exist exist without Mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's Todd's initials on the marquee, but the, the three of them is what what and will build this to something great. Mm-hmm. And so they, their opinion and their work is so valued that we, Todd and I never forget that. Mm-hmm. And so coming into a difficult decision, whether it's rebranding, whether it's uh, how we're going to present ourselves with Todd's story of how this got started, it is always a conversation of this is what we're thinking, what do you think? Mm-hmm. And, um, and w- building that trust, Shauna and Mark know that, and I, you know, I hope they know, I'll make sure they know after this, <laughs> Now that I think about it, but that we take that very seriously. Their feedback is is very important to mm-hmm. us, and um, and the value that they add to it is um, is paramount. So you have family meetings. We do, just not enough, especially in the summer because time, summer's hectic. Yeah, but um, and you know, Shauna is uh, has her own uh, life in showing horses oh. and. Um, and like today, Mark went on a bachelor party weekend. I mean, everyone has their own lives. And so it's um, we also give that opportunity of, you know, TMK doesn't need to be your life all the time. Yeah. You, you enjoy what you enjoy. and mm-hmm. then, But, yes, there are meetings and uh, opportunities to we talk to them individually just because it's in the summer. It's difficult to um, get, get all four of us together. Sometimes food entrepreneurs think they have to do everything. So it's yeah. really nice to have the four of you sort of all handling different types of Important uh, oh, issues. absolutely. Todd is very blessed to have siblings as passionate about this project as he is. I mm-hmm. mean, that's really rare. I think that that foundational understanding of that they all have the same same direction, the same course of making TMK something great is is rare. It, it rare is. in siblings too. It is. What is a typical day like for you in your part of the business? So a typical day for me is like <laughs> Especially, especially right now because um, we're farming a lot in Klamath. So, I will, you know, I would I would get up and I would uh, obviously you respond to emails, texts, get uh, get everything organized for whatever tours are happening that day, uh, scheduling that kind of thing. Um, we, uh, you know, we are either cutting, raking, or baling hay, which uh, can happen during the day or at night. So um, a lot of times I get a lot done when I'm on the baler at midnight and can finally get a chance to look at my phone and do a lot of things on that. But it's, uh, it's, it's just, it sounds um, like it never stops, but when you're in your passion, when you're doing what you like, you, you don't mind that there's seasons of never stopping. It is your life. It it, it really is. Yeah, you know, and if you're an entrepreneur, whatever you're doing, it needs to become your life. You don't really get to turn it off at five. Exactly. Your mind is always going. Your mm-hmm. mind's always trying to find out what's a better way to make this, to find another market for it, to find a niche market. To, what kind of label do I put? What's the packaging going to look like? You're always thinking of something. I mean, I couldn't. I, I do a terrible job explaining what my day is because it's so different every day and it's so hectic it's like some days you're like thank god i made it do you thank drink you. coffee with <laughs> way vodka yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> can, I get, yeah. can i get an amen to that um, yeah coffee is your best friend um yeah our schedules are just uh a few hours you know probably uh 16 hours ago i was on a baler um 10 hours ago i drove up here from klamath falls slept a few hours got up uh fought uh Portland traffic with my three dogs in a vehicle that's way too big to be in Portland and um, try to find parking. You know, it just yeah. goes on and on. Like, And everyone has their story like that. I'm no different than anyone else trying to make this work. And that's what you do. You just make it work. You that's just figure it out. That's the thing that I always explain to people who don't have a business. It's, it's hard to explain it if you don't live it. But this is... 
everyone's like, you're always doing all these things. You're so busy. And it's like, that's how you have to be to make it work. Like, we have to do so many things. We work all the time. People don't understand that. At midnight, you were bailing hay. I was making chimichurri. It's just what you do. And then you get up and you come here. And, you like, it's everything. We... We're the delivery drivers. We are the, you know, packaging people. We're, like, hauling our own ingredients and farming our own ingredients. It's like you just do every aspect of it. And that's the part that sometimes if you haven't lived that life, you don't really understand. Mm -hmm. But that's it. That's what your life is. Yeah. Got to run around and do all the stuff. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Every day doesn't matter. And you matter have if it's... to just be ready, you yep. know, to be like, okay, this is what I'm doing today. Yep. Well, what else do we? What else do we need to know about Tessa? <laughs> I wanted to know how the cows like all the attention. When people come to the oh, farm, are they yeah. into it? Yeah. Oh my gosh, our cows are the biggest hams. So. Um, Todd and his siblings showed and continue to show at their local county fair. But all the cows, of course, you touch them twice a day, every day, so they're tame. But they're also show animals as well. So their halter broke. They walk around on a lead. Um, They're just ridiculously tame. And so they, yes, and they all have different personalities. So some will be like, oh, awesome, new people, and walk right up and put their head out and try to lick you. And some will be like, oh, roll the, you know, proverbial eye roll and, like, go and lay down and just, like, oh, new people. I don't want to be out there. So mm. it's pretty funny. It's kind of like high school at a dairy farm. Oh. You got your clicks, you know, you got you got the popular girl, you got the girl that gets, you know, not so popular, gets pushed to the side. Mm. Do they go, I when I was there, they were all, of course, under the roof and in their yeah. stalls, but they go out in the field too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a really good point because people are like, oh, you know, your cows get to go out on pasture there, you know, when they want to. And yeah, they do, especially in the spring and summer months when it's nicer and they're not going to just, you know, destroy the field, making themselves muddy and everything like that. They, they do have the option to go out every day. They choose not to because it's too hot. Oh, cows don't like direct sun. Yeah. Yeah. Or if it's a little rainy, they don't like getting wet. Like we have prima donnas. So we have a state. (laughs) They like to be treated just the way they like to be treated. Yeah, so the gate's wide open, but they're all in the barn. The state fair's coming up. Would somebody see any of your cows at the state fair Um, or the county fair? We, yeah, Clackamas County Fair. We take a whole string every year, and, the, and we'll have a big TMK creamery set up. We're doing an ice cream social uh, August 16th, at the night of August 16th at the county fairgrounds. And so, um, yeah, definitely there. Uh, I don't believe they've—I believe there's one cow that may go to state fair, but I don't think that decision's been made. I see. Cool. I go to the Clackamas County Fair. I don't even know exactly where that is. Is it in Aurora? or No, it's in Canby, just it is right in off Camby. of 99. Okay. Yeah. Just come in on And it's in August. Yeah. Cool. So if you want to go meet the cows, you can do it at either on Saturdays or you can go to the Clackamas County Fair. When um, guests come to visit, can you walk us through what that's like? Yeah, sure. So uh, organized tour is where you would come into the cow barn and you would be able to feed the cows, meet them, pet them, do uh, see one up. We bring a cow out on a, on a lead every time so you can see the size of them. Um, Holsteins are the largest breed of the dairies, dairy breeds. Um, we usually bring out a Jersey first because she's the, on the smaller side of dairy breeds. And that's a little less intimidating because, um, like I said, these are show animals. And Todd has bred over the years for very large, large animals. Their shoulders will be 6'5". Uh, yeah, I mean, one cow, Miss TMK is her name, and she is just enormous and very intimidating, and people are scared. But <laughs> some kids will, like, put a bale right up next to her so they can stand up and then talk touch the top of her um but uh so you come you would feed meet the uh calebrities feed them and then we take you into the parlor where you either would milk a cow there or we take you into the calf barn where you milk a cow on a mobile milker and then meet all the baby calves and uh typically we would bring one out so you can then see their size because we'll have a two-day-old calf or a day-old calf it'll be 150 pounds if it's holstein if it's jersey it'll be maybe 60 pounds you know it's just uh so you understand you know uh how these cows manage themselves, you know, how they are, um, they're having babies of different sizes. They're having, you know, they can't, they produce the, a tremendous amount of milk. The calf does not stay on them, uh, past the first few hours after they're cleaned off because they drink maybe, 
a half gallon of milk a day, and these cows are producing nine to ten gallons a day. Mm. These these calves would would get scours and have a risk of being very ill or die if they stayed with their moms because the cow leverty is just an amazing machine and mil- milking so much. So that's um, so you see how the calves live without their mom. It sounds sad. But then you come in and you you actually see it. You put your hands on them. You see how you get to feed them. You see how they're loved. And you start to understand. You have the realization that this is a system that helps the animals of where they're at in, in their life. It's you not, know, a long time ago, I went to Elpenrose Dairy, and they had a calf barn there. And they had buckets of milk, and you could put your hand down in the milk and put your hand mm. up for the calf yeah. to, like, drink from your hand. I'll never forget that. Do you guys do that? Yeah, absolutely. We'll like, let people that see is them. Cool. You don't even have milk. If you have your hand out, they're going to try to like, suck on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And like, so, so people, cool. when they come, they can milk a cow. Oh, there. yeah. Oh, yeah. I've never milked we, a cow before. Full she's, transparency. She's going to go. Yes. I'm com- I am coming and <laughs> yes. I'm going to milk a cow. <laughs> maybe we have to go with you. I actually haven't milked one I, have, I, I think um, somewhere, maybe it was at the state fair, they had one of those like kind of machines that simulates it mm-hmm. you know, for kids to do. So my daughter and I did that. But it was not a real cow. It was... <laughs> It was like a little squeezy udder that, you know, that they had some milk stored in. But that would be so cool to oh, try it. Yeah. No, it's got to be real cool. life. We want the experience, the full engagement of what real life is for this cow because we want the consumer or potential to consumer to understand what we want you to put your finger into the milking claw to see because a lot of people think it's torture and we want to hit that head on and you put your finger in there and it's really soft and it's just a simple compression against your skin and you understand now what the cow is going through, how she lives, at least at TMK, how she lives every day. That's so cool. I have to ask, how long, I mean, like, how? what's the age of an average cow or how how old do they get? I don't know anything about yeah. the lifespan of a cow. So on our farm, they're going to hit uh, preteen or teen years and still be milking. Wow. And that's simply because we're small. Again, only 20 cows, plenty of space, no competition for food, um, gen- you know, very gentle management of how we milk them. All, all of those things go in because we are purposeful on trying to get the best quality milk. Mm. So that's how we manage at TMK. Um, so... We, the oldest cow we've had was 22, mm. and she did not milk the last 10 years of her life. Yeah. And so because we have a cattle ranch and more property in Klamath County, we, we move them. they literally go out to pasture. So I've been doing a little research on cheese, and they're actually very similar sorts of um, cheese-making operations in France. And mm-hmm. some of them have been around since, like, the 17th century. Awesome. So... Wow. But how are you planning for your legacy into the future? <laughs> 500 years from yeah, now. Exactly. How is Tom going to see? You know, usually people ask about a five-year plan. You're asking about a 500-year plan. <laughs> Why not? I am a planner, so I appreciate that, Sarah. Thank you. You know, really our legacy wants to be, well, TMK's legacy wants to be left in such a program like Junior Scoop or a, pro, a philanthropic program where it's replicated across the country. Oh. Where kids actually have the, the opportunity to come and see farm reality, see how real food is made. Yeah. And at a young age, and they get an understanding of work ethic by working on the farm for a week. Uh, we, we would, uh, we're going to start a real food academy where these kids can come in for a week and actually do the hands-on work. Whoa. And so, um, we, you know, and, and then see the milk being pumped into across the barn and into the tank and, and help make the cheese, help make the ice cream, and developing an understanding of how real farms work. Hmm. And so our legacy, I mean, ideally, when I look into my crystal ball, it's like I would love for it, TMK to be partnered with a group like Junior Scoop, and it's replicated across the country for all kids to have this opportunity. Wow, that's and great. Set up an ice cream shop. They can have high school employment, and then there's a scholarship opportunity when they graduate high school. One way to transfer that program might be through the state agricultural schools, maybe through 4-H. Oh, Yeah. Absolutely. We were huge 4-H and FFAers when we were young. Todd and I were, so that's how we got started on so all So you got to stay in one of those, like, dormitories at the at the fair? No. Oh, my God. No. I wish I could have stayed in one of those. <laughs> no, we that's, like, that one fancy. of my bucket lists. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. camped? No. Oh, Wait, my gosh. So I, I went to Klamath County Fair, and um, if you didn't have your own camper or some sort of uh, RV trailer, yeah. you either slept in your vehicle, uh-huh. depending on when barn duty started in the morning, Okay. or um, if you lived too far away, you just were stuck. You would sleep next to your animal, whatever you had to do for four days. Um, I, I was only 20 minutes from town, so I would go home every night. Um, one time I camped there. Uh, Todd tells me stories of him and his. He's one of six, so and all his siblings are a part of, of County Fair, and so he, they would sleep in the suburban. So I don't know if they took the seats out or they laid the Probably seats laid down. Probably laid them down and like. And this is like 1980 something suburban, and he would drive it in there, and they would just park it and put out a table, a picnic table, and live. You and, mo- you move in. You make the yeah, fairgrounds he, your home for his, those days. His house what is only like memory. three minutes from the fairgrounds. Like they could have literally gone. Back. <laughs> <laughs> but they were staying. They were camping. It becomes this, like a family event, list. though. Oh, yeah. for sure. Did for you? Sure. So you guys both grew up in Oregon. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Born and raised in Oregon. Yeah. Mm. I love that. So what do you mean, barn duty? Oh gosh! <laughs> I was like, My good old country roots duty. are coming out. <laughs> so barn duty is uh, when you're part of a 4-H group or an FFA club. You um, you have certain hours of the day where you have to keep the area where your animals are are being um, are living for the fair uh, clean. So oh. you actually can get a dirt floor so compact you can sweep it. Oh yeah. That's what I learned when I was in 4-H. So, uh, and then you can make sure all the animals have fresh water all the time. You, um, any type of ribbons that are being won from your club that day need to go up on your uh, your flag, your 4-H flag or banner, whatever, however you display that. You just constantly keeping things clean and you win awards for it. So something that I learned actually at the state fair, <clears throat> because I'm, you know, I've been to lots of fairs and everything, but I haven't really spent much time in the barns, but there was this beautiful horse. Mm-hmm. And he had his head outside of the, you know, the two bars. And I went up to pet him, and he just reached around and sort of, like, bit my arm. So is there, like, barn, like, so maybe there's a lot of people who are going to be listening to this, and they're going to get motivated, and they're going to try and go to the fair, and they're going to try and meet cows and goats and all that stuff. (laughs) Is there, like, some kind of, like, behavior that we all should know when we go in a barn? Yeah. Like, how do you approach an animal that you want to (laughs) pet? It's called barn etiquette. Yeah. What we we need to know. know. We're going to church this up we a little bit. We don't know the barn etiquette. I don't want to. I don't want to come down and take a tour of your farm and then be the what do you person wear? That's, the, uh, that's doing it all wrong. Yeah. Do you wear rubber yeah. boots. Yeah. I don't no, know what to do. You don't have to wear rubber boots where at our farm because um, most of the area where you walk is either gravel or concrete. But um, you always want to be prepared with covered toed shoes and shoes that you don't mind getting dirty. Yeah. Um, and, and then barn etiquette, oh, I, why I joke is uh, there, there's always one there's always one way to approach an animal, it, whether it's a dog, a cat, a camel, whatever. You never want to put your face first. Oh, and, okay. And, and shockingly, people will like want to co- lean wanna in. Want to bump noses yeah, or something? And, and look at the animal, eye contact straight on. It's like you always want to put your hand out, palm down. Let I think sm- I do that. I think it. I approach the animal's <laughs> face first. Oh, no. Like, I'm going to change your, like, etiquette. I just want to put my face that. next to my face. I'm doing it wrong, you in, guys. In the, know, animal, that's in the animal kingdom, it's aggression when you come oh. in, with, when you lead in with your face. You're so. an animal whisperer, yeah. too. <laughs> no, I just learned from bad experiences. Oh, just like <laughs> I'm just me passing and my arm, it on. It's like, chomp. So it's always hand first and palm down and just one hand. And One just hand. see how they, if they approach you, if they don't approach you, you just let them do what they want to do. So you sort of just put your hand out with your palm yeah. down and maybe they'll sniff it or oh, yeah. they might so bump their nose on it. A, a social or? animal will sniff it and then lean in closer. Mm. And so then maybe you can pet the face or the body or whatever you're doing. And then always be courteous of the animal owners if they come up and say, oh, p- you know, this one's a little testy. Please don't do that or don't touch its ears. Yeah, don't think you're going to like suddenly like train that yeah, animal to be exactly, different. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and you're not going to be able animals. to go give it a hug, which There's, is what I've been trying to do yeah. all this time. And most, most, and a good rule of thumb, especially with equine or any llamas or alpacas, is touching the ears can be a sensitive thing oh. and they'll kind of jerk away okay. and freak out. And so just stay away from the ears as well. So you might just pet them if they come up to you like Glenn under the chin yeah. or something softly. Yeah. Something very compassionately yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> 
took a terrible turn. No, 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 no. I do. I do want to bring it back to your products. Okay. You okay. <laughs> okay. I do. I love that I've learned so much, but I want to talk about what you sell because sure. we, this is about the meaningful marketplace. Yeah, so geez. we can tell what you're making. You love the animals. You're treating them right. You're making all these products. But where can people go to buy these? Wonderful thing. Yeah. So uh, we were talking about restaurants earlier, and you know, TMK is so small, and so our biggest market is restaurants and food trucks, that kind of thing. But other than that, you can come and buy our products at our store on Saturdays, ten to three. We also are in a grocery store um, in Camby Thriftway, and then we are looking very soon, actually, looking to uh, go into six or seven stores at New Seasons. And do you do any farmer's markets or anything like that? Uh, We do the Malala farmer's market, but I I think we only have one more date left. We're we're really inconsistent with farmer's markets. When our store opened, as you know, small operation, minimal labor resources, and so we just stuck to um, a few dates at the Malala one. Do you run out of cheese? We do um, in the sense of what's packaged. Ah, yeah, that's another part of the business. And then the uh, yeah, and then the fromage blanc we do run out of. Mm -hmm. That that has been just. Going like wildfire. Restaurants and retail. Good. All all consumers seem to really Fresh like, cheeses. like so, the fromage. It's so important for a creamery because you don't have the expense of aging it. Exactly. Out the door, baby. And it's sort of like <laughs> something, especially if you get it into a restaurant, it gets used a lot over oh, and yeah. over and over again. Yeah, bakeries have been loving it. And then even sandwich shops will put it on their sandwich. Yeah, it just, well, as you know, it's very versatile. So. Mm-hmm. So if there's a restaurant that is listening to this podcast and they want to use some of your cheeses, how do they go about contacting you? Oh, they can do it through any uh, Facebook's Instagram or our website, tmkcreamery.com. Um, Instagram is TM, at TMK Creamery. Facebook is at TMK Farms. And just and message do you, us. Do you guys deliver to them? We do. We cool. we Whoa. self-distribute right now. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That's super great. Do so you have a truck that says TMK Creamery? Oh, or? gosh. That's way too fancy. Uh, Come yeah. on, Sarah. <laughs> Wait, you you would a... think that we would. <laughs> you don't get to park in those special spots that say delivery no. vehicle. No. no I wish oh. those, pa- those passes are expensive. Oh, they yeah. are. Dang it. No, <laughs> exactly. Pretend. Because um, Mark does our deliveries on Thursday, Todd's brother, and he's probably got two or three par- Portland parking tickets to mm-hmm. show for it, and yeah. it's him and his little Toyota pickup. There's a reason why you only see those big trucks parked in those spaces. They well, can to afford buy a pass, it. And it's too much money. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we can't afford it yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, so I have this question. Do you have any advice for new businesses that are trying to come up with, pro- so you have a big product line. So, how did you guys decide all of your different avenues? Because I think, like, when people start a business, they have like one product, and then they're like, "Should we do all these other things?" Mm-hmm. So, do you have any advice for those people thinking about that stuff right now? Certainly, uh, don't get fragmented too quickly. Don't go down several avenues. Um, that, and I say this from experience. TMK has and is doing that right now, and. We are our situation can support that with uh, cheese, ice cream, and vodka. Both are made so differently. Both require different machines, uh, different expertise, and so because of the connections we have, it is working. Not working that well. We would certainly would like to do it uh, differently in the vodka area for sure. Um, with just uh, having it closer to us, that kind of thing, um, having a little bit and understanding. Just understanding the recipe a little bit better, what, like I said, with the scale up, that we were uh, surprised on that. And that's because we, we tried a, a product too soon. And um, we already are down that road, and so we're not turning back. But I would say don't, uh, don't fragment too quickly. And the other thing is simplicity is your friend. So um, when we built a plant, we built a plant that is uh, 10 to 12 times uh, capable of doing bigger can go 10 to 12 times bigger than what it's doing now because it's if you saw our plant you would say this is absurd for 20 cows but what when we started out we were like we don't know where this is going and so we want opportunity down the road mm-hmm. we didn't want to confine ourselves so it was simple in the fact we built something that could all the equipment could move out we could move in different equipment and we had flexibility down the road if we wanted to but we decided cheese cheese is the hardest dairy product to make with the equipment sense with the expertise sense and so we said, okay, it's going to be cheese. 
and it's going to be in a plant that's way too big for our cows because it's giving us flexibility, but yet simple because it's just a small vat making cheddar and gouda and some fresh cheeses. So, um, you know, it's having a big picture of don't box yourself in, don't paint yourself into a corner, but then start out product with simplicity. Mm-hmm. Do you, and I noticed on your website you have a section for meat. Do you guys do yeah. meat as well? Yeah. So since our, our biggest market is restaurants, mm-hmm. we do offer the beef from our cattle ranch okay. in Klamath Falls. And so we uh, there is a USDA plant that we um, bring them to in Camby. So Camby is a mecca for agriculture. It is uh, it has just been a fantastic resource to build a business um, when you do farming and a crossover in different industries because there's accessibility there for it. So then we can deliver meat and cheese and soon vodka to the and same so restaurant. That's, that's for right now it's wholesale that you're doing that. Um, yes, okay, soon so it will be retail. Oh, yeah. cool. Okay. Yeah. And then if people want to get the vodka, do you guys sell it or does it have to go through someone else? So you guys sell it directly? Yeah, we will be selling it directly. Um, our, we're, I think we're only two weeks away from getting our license for the oh, tasting cool. room. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And so when in hopefully in a few weeks, people can also come and taste Absolutely. vodka when they come on Saturdays. Yeah. So there's ice cream, there's vodka, there's cows. This is I think a very we have magical to come with place. a vodka ice cream milkshake or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. Totally. You might need my help with yeah. that. I, I think I do, You Sarah. need to be the official <laughs> taste <Special> tester. <laughs> a live-in taste tester. Uh, that sounds great. So we like to talk about why what you do is meaningful. So can you tell us what you're bringing to the marketplace? Yeah, I you know initially, like I've said before, it's uh, transparency for the consumer to understand where their food comes from, and it's you know yes we have to keep the lights on and yes we have to sell a product, but that's never been our why, and. Um, it's easy for us to say, when I say us, Todd and I, because we have other diverse ways of creating an income, making an income besides this creamery. And so it was easy for us to say, hey, open it up to the public and see what happens. Yes, there is a product. There are several products now, but it's not the why. We want people to come. We want them to experience this. We want them to meet our cows. We want them to have a better understanding of the dairy industry, the artisan cheese industry, the distillery industry, whatever we can provide as a resource to the consumer to not be as as unknown. I, I don't even want to say scary because it may not be scary to people. They just don't know. They don't know where to go to experience this, and it's hands-on engagement. And I think that's the only way, the best way, I guess, to really understand where where does this food come from? Where does yeah. this vodka come from? Because it started out as milk in a cow, mm-hmm. and a week later it's a vodka drink. I mean, mm-hmm. how does that happen? And and there's curiosity in the Portland area, there's curiosity in our country of where where what's old is now new. Where does this come from? How is it made? I, I'm curious about what goes into my body. I want it to be a specific way or, or what or ha- whatever the requirements you would like to have. And TMK is just a small avenue that provides that. I love it. And mm-hmm. I think that people really care about it. You know, they want to know where their food comes from. I think as things become more disconnected and like things are more of like a digital marketplace, but people, it's very important for us to find you and be able to come to you and see what you're doing and know that what you're doing is great. And then we can take it home and tell people about it and eat it and consume it and feel good about it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's really awesome. I love that you're doing that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Super you. cool. Love that I had the opportunity to share it with you guys today. Are there any any ways that people can find you? Do you want to talk about any any plugs, any events, any Instagram handles, any mentions like that? Um, I think with the Vodka Day coming up October 4th, the public is welcome 3 to 5. I, we're really excited about that. I, I, it'll be a hands-on experience again with uh, the Cal Liberty who's debuting her, her single Cal Vodka, meaning she was the only milk we used to make cheese and then the whey came um, in fermented and distilled into her own vodka. So that's um, only place in the world that's happening right now with a single cow vodka, only place in the world that you can get a single cow cheese. Only one cow, uh, we used her milk to make um, aged cheddar. And so it's just, uh, I, I guess I would give the plug of if you want to, you know, in Canby, Oregon, it's... Uh, 
it's an opportunity to see things that are only being made here. And how exciting for Cambie, how exciting for the state of Oregon that this is the only cow farmstead that um, creates these products because it's for you guys. It's not certainly Todd and I could have made a single cow cheese and never told anybody. Mm-hmm. Todd and I could make a single cow vodka and never tell anybody. But it's um, we want we want consumers to be proud of where they're from and that these opportunities are right here in your backyard. And OSU's done some research actually on different milks coming from different creameries and consumers were actually really able to tell, you know what, this cheese is different from that one. And they were easily, you know, connected with the flavor of a cheese and a region. So we definitely have terroir. Yeah. That's so cool. We have science to prove it. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're doing is really special. It oh, is. well. Thank I you for doing it. Yeah, well, I don't think we would deserve any kudos, but oh, yeah, God made us I farmers, do. so uh-huh. that's what we do. <laughs> I wish I was going to be driving one of those hay baling things that you were talking about. I, are you sure, Sarah? We yeah, because actually, <laughs> can Sarah actually, get on the baler when we come visit? <laughs> yesterday when I drove to Corvallis, yeah. I stopped and took photographs because it's an unusual thing when you can see the hay actually in the fields yeah and consistently through the whole valley the the hay was in the fields ready for you know drying and ready for baling exactly exactly we grow all the feed for those cows there's not one part of the food system we don't touch we don't control because that's as you know as you both know quality ingredients is everything Mm -hmm. and that's how to get quality milk that you have to control the whole food system yeah so if you had one last thing that you can say today for yeah. an aspiring entrepreneur or entrepreneurial family, what would it be? Oh, my gosh. I'm so long-winded, but I'll keep it short. Um, <laughs> it's follow your passion. Always listen to that little voice inside of you. Don't, don't let other people's opinions sway you from what your passion is. Um, I can't tell you. If, if Todd and I listened to folks... This opportunity, this wouldn't be happening right now. TMK wouldn't have been built. TMK would have been liquidated and sold years ago. Um, it was absurd to ever keep a dairy that size for so long. And so I would, you might, you know, um, take home message is follow your passion and do not listen to people that you are made that way. You were made to think that way for a reason mm-hmm. and the world needs it. So go for it. Go for it, sister. Go for it all the way. Yay. That's a great message. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was really great to hear your story. And we want everyone to come out to your creamery and check out what you're doing because it's very special. Yeah. So everyone, thank you. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Tessa. So we record Masonian Marshall inside of Ned Space. Tune in live every week at nine o'clock to listen to us. Soon you'll be able to find us on your favorite podcast platform. So wait for that. And we would like, if you'd like to be a guest on our show, you can go to startupradionetwork.com. Until next week. Yep. We Bye. love everybody. Thank <laughs> you. Bye-bye. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace. Committed to serving all Oregonians with the mission to advance the science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production. We are inspired by the creativity of food innovation, new economic opportunities, and new experiences, because food brings people together. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen. Learn. Launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.